Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And Drew, we might be a, a little bit more tan, um, me more so than you, coming off of uh, some time spent in the Phoenix area. But first off, um, I've got my my fleece on. It's It's been nice in the morning. It's been feeling yeah. cool. Kind of feels like fall a little bit. Still warms up during the day, but... It's one of the perks of of waking up very early in the morning. You wake up earlier than I do, but um, it's it's uh, it makes getting up at seven and dealing with kids a little bit more enjoyable when you can step outside and uh, yeah, get a cool little breeze in the face. Yeah, well, for for me, it means the likelihood that the snakes on our walk are going away. So oh um, yeah, the, our little our normal little trail is not ideal for the heat. So what, um, what kind of snakes of, are we talking about? Couldn't tell you. You know, my, this is where another just another uh, example of where my color blindness doesn't come in handy. Um, we see them all the time, and I know all the rules with colors and stuff, but I can't tell what they are. So every time I see one, I'll, I'll tell Mary, yeah. I, we saw such and such snakes. She's like, well, what color was it? Never mind. You know, did you like, now the mo- more importantly, did you hear any of them? Like, did you, are we, are we hearing any oh, rattles no. or anything like no. that? No, 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 no. It, it would be no, no rattles. Thankfully. Yeah. No, don't that I know of at least. So you but, just, you just assured yourself that I will never stay at your house. Well, they're not like by our house. They're on this one walking trail. They're close enough. <laughs> I walk a long way. They're no, they're close enough. Any anytime snakes are involved, uh, I I am out. Uh, we didn't see any in Arizona. Uh, we're in a very populous area, but I know that 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 climate's got a bunch out there. But um, yeah, well, oh yeah, take some photos next time. We'll figure out. We'll figure out what it's. What uh, it's hard to uh, it's hard to take photos when you're running the other direction. So oh uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be uh, you might need to arm yourself in the future. Um, the only snakes I like are dead snakes. But um, anyway, now that I've got the heebie-jeebies, uh, we spent uh spent a few days out in the Phoenix area with the five tool academic teams, the underclass teams, participating in the Arizona Fall Classic. Uh, it was my first uh, time attending the Arizona Fall Classic, and it was great. It was everything I, I hoped it would be. You know, anytime you get opportunities to play some games at the spring training facilities and the complexes out there in Arizona, um, just it's it's a really great opportunity for the kids to get out there and play in that sort of environment, that sort of complex and against that sort of competition. But a great event. I, I really like the way they set it up. Um, you know, it, it's not the traditional tournament type setting. It's Five batters each inning, no matter if they all hit a homer or they all strike out, whatever it is. It's just a good way to kind of keep the game rolling, get get a lot of kids at bats, kind of put the kids forward and exposing them and, and giving them looks in front of college coaches as opposed to the whole, you know, trying to win a tournament type thing. So uh, we had two teams representing five tool out there, the five tool blue team and the five tool silver team. Uh, a little background, Drew and I, uh, mostly Drew, but we've been working at these rosters for gosh, probably since June and July really yep. going through and had our Google list going and every player had to meet a certain academic requirement because we wanted to put a team on the field that when the academic institutions come and watch, they can feel good about, Hey, I'm going to have an opportunity to recruit these guys because I know that they're going to have a chance to, to qualify 
uh, with their grades and, you know, not so many test scores with the younger guys, but some of them do have their test scores already, but those academic schools can feel good about, man, okay, I don't have to go back and look, okay, what's your GPA? What kind of classes is he taking? They can feel good about adding those guys to their list. And also too, for those other coaches that are coming around, a lot of programs have a lot of academic money that they can uh, qualify kids for, especially the out-of-state programs, you know, that we had some of those watching our teams, uh, keeping the eyes on the Texas guys because, you know, they have a lot of resources with academic money. These types of, you know, grades and test scores can qualify. You know, you might not be on an athletic scholarship, but you might be able to get a ton of academic money and participate in the baseball program. So it kind of makes you more attractive recruits. So uh, each team played four games out there. Um, you know, we went through uh, the blue and silver. Drew, you were with the silver. I was with the blue. Uh, first off, you know, what do you think overall of just the event, all the rosters coming together? We had to scramble last minute. We had a couple dry guys drop last minute. Uh, so we had to pick up a couple guys from Arizona to help come fill some innings for us and, and get <clears> some at-bats and things like that. But um, overall, was I think it was very successful, and I think a lot of kids got a lot of looks. I know we were already hearing that some of these guys have been contacted from some of the schools that were out there. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, it is a fun event. Like you said, the, the setup of it is great. It just allows you to control the pitching, um, you know, control the number of at-bats. You know, if you have a guy that can really run, um, you can run for him at any time. Mm. You know, it's just the, the flexibility of it is allows you to really do um, do a good job of what the whole purpose of the event is, is and that's to get these guys scouted, recruited and all, all of that. But um, yeah, I mean, kind of like we thought, you know, there was a huge, huge presence um, from the from the scouting side of things, just because, you know, like we've talked about, we you know, for, for better or worse, I, I would argue for the better, uh, for the most part, um, the 24 group has been scouted a little less heavily mm-hmm. than, um, their classes before them. Um, you know, and I think that's, you know, like we've talked about a result of the portal being a thing and coaches having to spend more time and resources on, on going after guys in the portal during the summer. Uh, so they just don't get the same amount of time to get looks at that age group like they have in the past. And, you know, if that's what ends up slowing some of the early recruiting down, so be it. I'm for yeah. it. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think our guys did a really good job. Um, you know, and like you mentioned, we we got some assists from some coaches in Arizona that were able mm-hmm. to provide us some guys last minute because of some some last minute injuries, some last minute commitments. Um, and those for the for those who don't know, we only take uncommitted guys uh, just to be able to get as many kids exposure as possible um and you know we were able to fill in with some some good young guys in the in the phoenix area that we'll talk about um but yeah i mean it it was a great event you know and what i told my guys on the silver team is you know after at the end of the weekend i really felt like there was something good that we could take with us for every single guy on the roster Mm -hmm. you know and you know they'll they'll play they'll end up playing at differing levels in college um but I think all of them will be able to play in college if they mm-hmm. want to. So, um, you know, goal accomplished on that end. Um, I think there were some guys that really showed well that are really going to see some uh, an uptick in opportunities for them in the near future. Um, and then some guys, you know, I mean, they like I said, some guys on paper wouldn't don't look like they had the best weekend, but they still showed something that people would like and that you and I can go go back and talk to coaches about. Yeah, because. 
you know, and, and that's the thing that's tough for some of them to understand. You know, I'll, I'll give a shout out to one of my guys on this example specifically. Uh, but I had a, you know, a quick talk with them before the first game. It's like, guys, just remember that these guys, under, the guys watching you understand that you're not going to get a hit every time. And you may even go over three, over four, but give them something to take home. If you hit the ball on the ground, run it out. If you hit the ball in the air, run it out. They can still get a time and get a feel for a how hard you play and b yeah. what kind of what kind of run times you might get. And literally, first inning, first batter, William Adamora from Prosper popped the ball up and got down the line like he was shot out of a cannon. And you know, when I was going back and forth behind the behind the fence to get some video um, later, but later in the, in that same game had a couple of college coaches mention him specifically that they got his time down the line and they were impressed with it. And mm-hmm. if he had just put his head down and not run hard, that might not have been a thing. And that might, he might not have gotten some of the opportunities that he's going to get, you know, because you never know, like at an event like that, coaches are bouncing around and they may not see a whole game. Um, but so just, you know, that's, that was my message all weekend is like, play hard, give these guys something to take home about you. And I feel like every single guy on, on the silver roster did that. So I was really pleased with that and um, just had a great group of kids. They were out there rooting for each other um, throughout the weekend and just seemed, you know, genuinely seemed to be having a good time, which was important. And, you know, I think so, you know, mission accomplished on that end for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you said how many schools are up there? I'm looking at the list right now. It was like 53 or 63 or something like that. I mean, and we're at least at least 54 checked in. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And we're talking range of, you know, your West Coast schools and, you know, your UCLA's and also your your California schools like UC Irvine, San Diego, Santa Barbara, San Jose State. Um uh, like academic institutions like Dartmouth and Brown and Yale and Harvard and um, you know the Arizona schools like Arizona, Arizona State and, and some of the smaller schools in Arizona. Like it, it was a really, really good turnout. Um, you know, Johns Hopkins, another academic school, saw them walking around and things like that. Uh, so really well attended group. And yeah, that's one thing that, you know, we, we always talk about it on here. And, and one thing we, we talk to the the blue team guys about is, you know, when these coaches are bouncing around from field to field, you got to give them a reason to want to stick where they are. Right. And, you know, it might be that they're only there for two innings or an inning. So if you're taking in and out or you're taking ground balls between innings, you know, show them their hands, show them your arm, get in the hole, you know, show, show your feet a little bit, like take a ground ball the way you would try to take a ground ball in the game. Like they're trying to get you know, tool, idea of tools and how you look and how you throw and your arm action, your feet and your hands and how all that stuff works. You know, you can, you can play an entire game and not get a ball hit to you, you know? So sometimes that's, that's all the look that guys can get. Um, You know, if you put the ball in play, get, give them a runtime, you know, and, and one way we always say it. And as you mentioned earlier, like you can stand out by just playing hard. You know, the guys that are, that are jogging things out. There's a lot of those guys, those guys in this setting. But there are very few guys that are just busting it down the line on a routine fly ball, you know, and that's the sort of way you can kind of separate yourself. So, um, you know, pitching wise, throwing strikes, like batting wise, you know, I kind of felt bad for our guys at some point. Um, Not a lot of strikes in a couple of our games and, you know, not a lot of just balls that like, we're not talking about just misses, you know, just kind of ones that are out the zone. So it's like, Hey, like you've got the three Oh green light, like, 
Like show your bat speed. Like, yeah, you want to swing at strikes, but but be aggressive. Put the bat in motion. Show these guys what the swing looks like, you know, what the hands look like, how it all works and things like that. So um, overall, re- really good, jo- good job by both groups. Um, I think it, it was fun to see these guys come together as, as the event ended. And a lot of these guys are going to stay in touch and um, just a really, really great experience overall. But we're going to go through um, the roster and just kind of touch on each guy, um, you know, because I think that there's something we can mention about every single guy. Now, we were with them for four games and playing through and things like that. So, um, Drew, why don't you start us off with the silver group, just kind of going through, then I'll pick back up with the blue group and uh uh, just give people an idea, and even those coaches listening too that maybe weren't out there or maybe were out there, want to get some more information. Um, just a little bit about each guy that was on the roster. Yeah, um, I'm just going to go alphabetical because that's how I have my my roster here. But um, starting off with one of the most impressive guys in the weekend, William Adamora, uh, outfielder from Prosper, 2024. Uh, just a incredible student you know, made one of the best, if not the best on the entire roster, but man, he showed some athleticism, um, stole every time he got on, hit it, hit two triples, um, just made good contact, uh, just played the game the right way. Um, you could tell he was paying attention and anything that we suggested to him, he did. Um, so he showed well, I, I know he's gotten a lot of interest, um, from the event and rightfully so, because, mm-hmm. You know, we had him in a showcase back in January and you could tell that there were some tools there. Um, And just in that short period of time, he's gotten a lot better. Uh, He really stuck out to me. And, you know, you could tell once he settled in this weekend, I mean, he just got better throughout the weekend, too. Yeah. Um, So that's what excites you about a kid like him. You know, he's paying attention. Um, Super sharp kid. uh, Just, you know, played hard um, without really having to be told. Um, you know, I mean, we did tell them, but I had the feeling all along that he wasn't going to pass up any opportunity to go out and put on a show for the, for the scouts watching, um, moving next to the mound, Ethan actually right-handed pitcher from Rockwell Heath, um, you know, wasn't a guy that got a lot of time for that Heath roster just because of the sheer talent in front of him. But yeah. I have a feeling that that's going to change quite a bit moving forward because this guy can really pitch, um, he was up to 89 multiple times um, and nothing that he throws is straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a guy that just as he continues to grow and get stronger and stronger. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about a guy who's going to, who has a chance to, to be um, in the upper eighties and nineties pretty consistently um, with his frame and um, his aptitude for pitching was, was really good. He definitely had an understanding of what he was trying to do when, when he was throwing to different hitters. Um must Next be guy. nice to be up there. Heath just keeps you. You know, it's like they look under a bucket. And well, I, another arm. I saw him. Really my hard. my first time to see him was at like a midweek inner squad scrimmage, and I had not seen him before. And you know, I I watched him throw it, and I was just like, wait, wait who is this guy? <laughs> and asked Coach Harvey, and you know, that was back you know early spring, and you know, I kind of filed that note away on our yeah. potential academic list, and he was one of the first guys that we called. Uh, when we started putting the team together, but he's really going to get show- some calls after this. Yeah. If really he hasn't already for Ethan. Yeah. I, I was very impressed. Um, and I know what the tutelage he'll get from his high school coaching staff. I mean, he's, he's only going to continue to get better and just another weapon for Heath. Um, Alex Cadell, right-handed pitcher from Liberty Christian. 
um, really showed well. Um, he may have been as impressive as anybody that we had on the roster um, on the mound. And he's a guy that to me, I mean, he was an easy 85, 88, um, spun a really good breaking ball. He was like 79 to 81 on the slider. Mm -hmm. um, and people did not, did not pick that up well. They, he was getting some ugly swings and misses. Um, good bodies listed at 6'2", 220. He's a guy that as he continues to get stronger, if he adds some velo and takes that next velo jump, everybody's going to want that kid. Um, but just a physical kid, fun to be around, really competed, uh, just attacked. Like he, he went out there knowing that he was better than the hitters and he pitched like it. So that was really encouraging to see. Um, next, uh, infielder Tanner Carson, 2025 from South Lake. Um, another guy, just a really, really good showing. And man, he's a guy that, you know, he knows how to hit. I mean, a lot of people know him from his, um, from his famous Instagram account raised in baseball, but he does all kinds of sort of drill reviews, product reviews, and you can tell all of that extra work that he's done is paid off because he does a lot of little things really, really well. He made a, a, a really one of the most impressive plays on the weekend for me was he took a little and we tweeted it out, but he, he took a little short hop ball on a throw from the catcher and got the out like it was nothing. And it just showed me that he had really good hands. Um, he hit the ball to all fields throughout the weekend, a bunch of extra base hits to right center, pulled them down the line. Um, just has a really good feel for what he wants to do on a baseball field. And man, like he's already big and physical, but when he actually gets like really strong and that'll just come in time because of his age, I mean, Tanner's got a chance to be an absolute monster. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I, I was really encouraged to see that he's as skilled as he is. Um, and, and like I said, it, it comes from all the work that he puts into it because he definitely loves baseball and, um, works on a lot of the little things, which a lot of people don't. It's not just, Hey, let's go hit in the cage. It, he, he spends the time doing, you know, what some people would consider the minutia. Uh, but it's the little things that make guys good baseball players, but really impressive showing for him playing up. Um, yeah, I think he's the guy that, like I said, if, when he continues to fill out and, and really get stronger, that comes with age and time. I mean, he, he's got a chance to be a big time player. Um, Moving on now to one of our three Fort Worth All Saints guys, coached by Roger Kishnick out there. Uh, catcher, outfielder, Sam Coleman. Um, got Mr. some juice Cycle. in the bat. Yeah, got some juice in the bat. Um, and he he has some loud tools, really throws well, uh, threw out multiple runners on the weekend, caught well. Uh, he just seems to be – Sam's one of those guys that he's just kind of in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, he's kind of a catcher, has some of that those leadership qualities – um, you always know where Sam is. And I, and I mean that in a positive way. Um, but yeah, he hit the ball hard, you know, as, as soon as he stopped trying to do too much, he was one of the best guys out there, you know, and that, and that's normal for events like this. Right. Yeah. Um, and a couple of guys, he, he was one of a couple of guys on the weekend that I said, Hey man, you look like you're trying to squeeze the sawdust out of the bat. Mm -hmm. And you know, and, and once I think he realized that and I was like, look, look all you guys belong out here right and you belong on fields like this and um you know he's a guy that he settled in and let the talent take over because it's there i mean he's a guy that's definitely going to play division one baseball and i was really impressed with him because he definitely has some some skill and some tools yeah and, um, and something we should add too about the catchers like the way this is set up is it's 
it's guys are in motion and especially guys that were on our team. Like we were like, Hey, you, if you can run even a little bit, it don't, don't watch two pitches without trying to steal a bag. Like right. you want to try to get these catchers an opportunity to show their catch and throw skill and things like that. And, and both our team's catchers had, had very successful weekends in terms of controlling mm-hmm. the running game. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, moving on to our next all Saint guy, Leo Homan. Um, Leo's a guy that showed some promise on the mound and, and, and swung it well towards the end of the weekend too. Um, you know, on the mound, he showed a really good breaking ball when he wasn't trying to throw it too hard. Right. He, um, a couple of times he was trying to, to make it do a little too much, but man, when he settled in and really just started competing and throwing strikes and letting his natural talent take over, he was good, man. He gets out. And, and that's what a lot of people don't understand when you go to some of these wood, wood bad events is, Hey, make them hit it, make them yeah. earn it. Uh, yeah. and you know, no, in an event like this, there's there's really no penalty because no one they're not. I mean, we keep score, but there's not an official score. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I I think he early on he was trying to do a little too much, which is normal. Um, but once he settled in, I mean, there's some arm strength there. Um, there's some athleticism in his delivery. Um, and then he had one of the biggest hits on the weekend. Um, you know, like I said, we are keeping score. Yeah, but he kept. He kept the uh, five-tool academic team undefeated streak alive. Uh, literally the last at bat of the last half inning, hit a double in uh, in the gap and to score to tie it up before we uh, before time ran out. But um, really good-looking prospect, awesome kid. Uh, really enjoyed having him. I mean, he's got a future on the mound for sure. Um, and there's some pop in the bat, so you know he he'll have some options moving forward. Um, Another guy that was really, really impressive for us, Anthony. Um, um, I kept saying Yera. It's L L E R A. Um, I know some people call him Lara. So Anthony, just remind me whenever you hear this. But um, Anthony made the academic game on Thursday. Yeah, how about um, that? Yeah, really, really impressive showing for him. Um, really good feel for the game. Uh, does a lot of stuff naturally. Um, looks natural in the box. Uh, moves naturally in the outfield, really, really good athlete that can really run, um, performed well. I mean, he, he was on base a lot, stole some bases, uh, even his outs, uh, hit two really hard line drives, um, to left field. Uh, one of which was a sack fly and the other one was just crushed, uh, but caught for an out, but, um, really active player, really one of those guys that just gets on base, uh, makes things happen. Um, and as he continues to get stronger, that's going to be a guy that's going to have some major D one interest just yeah. because of his skill set and ability and natural fill for the game. Um, Jabin Moore, shortstop from Brook Hill, 2024, uh, had one of the best defensive plays of the weekend for us. Um, uh, but really athletic, can really run, has some strength, um, can play both middle infield spots at a high level. Uh, like I said, it, you know, he had good pace and timing on all the stuff that he did defensively. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of that stuff that you can't teach. Um, and he just has a natural good feel for that, but really exciting player. Um, he can, like I said, he, you can go on five tool GPA Twitter and see him make one of the best plays of the weekend for sure. But, uh, Javen definitely had a, had a really good weekend for us. Um, Tommy Mulkern. Uh, shortstop, right-handed pitcher, or I'll say middle infield, right-handed pitcher from Frisco. Um, 
really, really good player. Um, I, I was really impressed with him. He definitely has a really good feel for the game. Um, you know, he knows how to position self position himself on ground balls, um, attacked on the mouth. Um, you know, it was mid to upper eighties, uh, flashed a really good breaking ball and just straight up competes. Like he's took the ball and came in and challenged hitters and got outs. Um, uh, but he's a guy from Frisco that's going to have a chance to do, to do both. Um, I, I really liked what I saw from him and he got in there too and, and swung a really confident bat, uh, barreled a lot of balls. Um, even his outs, he hit some balls really hard, um, the other way. Uh, but just, just a good baseball player. You can tell he understands what he wants to do on a baseball field. And, um, there's definitely some athleticism there too. Um, another guy that really showed well, I thought was, uh, Luke Nohenik from Arlington Martin. Oh yeah. Big uh, fan of that guy. Yeah, he can really catch um, tough. I mean, he just kind of embodies that toughness that you want from a catcher. Mm -hmm. Um, One of his at-bats, he got hit on the shin, um, stayed in, you know, because if you get hit by a pitch, you can just count it as a ball, but stayed in there, um, continued the at-bat, didn't want anyone to run for him when he got on base. But, man, he hit the ball really hard the entire weekend. I don't remember very many at-bats that he didn't barrel a ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, But – athletic for a catcher he can definitely run um really good tough hard-nosed baseball player um a guy that's definitely going to play d1 in my mind um really impressed with him uh you can tell he pays a lot of attention to the game um just has a feel for what he you know what he's looking for what he sees a couple times he came over to me and you know said something that he noticed and i was like yeah you're right on bud like you're you're on the right track for sure but man, he, I was really impressed with him. He can play multiple positions, but I think he can definitely stick at catcher. Um, another guy that we've seen a lot of um, in the past, Connor Pretty uh, from Lago Vista. Uh, one of the more versatile guys we had played all over the infield, uh, pitched and caught. Um, and you can tell he's a guy that as he continues to grow and get stronger, that mm-hmm. he's going to have a real future at the next level. Uh, but the question is just going to be where, I mean, you can tell, that he knows what he's doing at the plate, took several good at-bats uh, on the mound. Uh, he was low to mid-80s, and, but knows how to pitch. So you can see that once he makes that jump in velocity and continues to get stronger, which you know he will because he's a big workout guy um, and really has the work ethic, you, you can see him making that next jump and really being an intriguing player for a bunch of different colleges. Yeah. And um, that, like that's, I think that's one of the pluses sometimes of those quote unquote lower classification high schools is that mm-hmm. if you're a really good player, you play everywhere. Like, like, you know, that's, it's, it's a little bit different than playing like at a rock wall Heath where you might throw 89 miles an hour and you're the fifth guy on the pitching list uh, you kind of go down to, you know, the 4A level and things like that. It's like, hey, if you're a stud, you're pitching a game for us. You're definitely playing somewhere in the field for us when you're not pitching. Uh, we might need you to catch, too. And, oh, by the way, you're probably hitting three holes. So it's a, a lot of those guys end up developing really good skill because they just they grow up playing and doing everything. And they get out there and they, they know how to play the game. They have a good baseball clock. And I think he's a good example of that. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, you know, Connor's a guy that you can tell understands the game and, and obviously his um, versatility on the field is something that helps him understand what he wants to do when he's other places on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Next guy moving on, Jose Simon, um, who plays for former teammate of mine or the school of a former teammate of mine uh, out in Tucson, Tucson, South Point. Jose was a member of the, the Reds area code team, but versatile player, uh, caught, played outfield, played second for us, um, strong, very athletic, can really mm-hmm. run for a catcher. Um, he's another guy. I I kept trying to get some of these guys that could really run in the game um, to run for some of our catchers. But after they caught on that they could steal some bases, they were like, hey, no, we want to run for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and and Ho- Jose asked me at one point, he said, hey, I want, can I steal on the first pitch and then get a runner once I get the second? And sure enough, that's what happened. But, um, <laughs> but lo- lots of good at bats from Jose. Um, has some strength the other way uh, w- when he's hitting the ball. Um, you know, you can tell that he's, he's played some baseball before. Um, just, I like the way he goes about things at all the different positions. Uh, you can tell he's not out of place anywhere we put him on the field. Uh, he's going to be a really, really good D one player for somebody, but, uh, impressive showing for Jose. Um, awesome kid, super, really nice family. Enjoyed having them with us driving over from Tucson, um, but another good showing and, and we've, we've had a lot of interest on his end, uh, from the weekend. Uh, the next guy, one of our guys that, that saved us on, uh, on Saturday drove over from Queen Creek, uh, Arizona, 2026, Kale Thorson, um, freshman, uh, just really competed. I was really impressed with him. Um, he got a lot of swing and miss on fastballs. Uh, and you know, part of that, I mean, I, 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 we didn't have any of the spin rate stuff, but I'm going to guess that he had a pretty high spin rate on that fastball Mm -hmm. because he was just flat throwing it by him. Um, and, and it was low to mid eighties, uh, with good arm action, good deception, but you know, he's just one of those guys that competed, you know, and that's what we told him when he went out there is like, Hey man, like just have fun, go throw it by him. And he was like, yeah, no sweat. And just just kept throwing it in there. Um, got some really bad swings on his breaking ball. Uh, I was really impressed with Kale and then got him in a bad and he, he jumped in there and had a, uh, made really good hard contact. So impressive freshman over there at Queen Creek. I know you had one of those as well from Queen Creek. So whatever they've got in the, in the water over there, um, baseball wise is something positive, but really appreciate Kale coming over to throw, um, he was just, you know, you could tell he just wanted to get on the field in any capacity. And uh, he's got a big future ahead of him. But 5'11", 170 freshman, um, really impressed with him and and really thankful that he was able to get over there and fill some innings for us that we we lost due to injury uh, before right before the tournament. But uh, big future for him, definitely on the mound. And, I mean, from what it sounds like, he plays a bunch of different positions, and I can mm-hmm. see the, the athleticism there. So excited to kind of follow him over the next couple of years. Uh, next guy, Jake Webb, athletic first baseman from Bridgeland. Really good-looking prospect. Uh, really has some bat speed, um, played first base well, was able to play some outfield. And he and he's a guy that, you know, if you went and asked him, I think he'd probably tell you that it wasn't his best weekend from a in the stat sheet. But I saw plenty from him to know that he's going to have some interest in the future because there's some athleticism in the bat. Um, He moves well. He's another guy that listened and got down the line. Um, Multiple times I got good, uh, really good times for someone his size um, 
getting down the line. And like I said, he you can tell he's a baseball player. His timing was off at the plate. Um, and that's okay. That happens, especially in the fall um, for a lot of these guys. But Jake's a good baseball player, and there, there's really no, no doubting that on our end. Um, but like I said, physical kid, good athlete, and you can tell he knows what he's doing in the box. So, um, you know, I think he, he was the victim of, of some, a couple of guys early on that were throwing below normal pitching speed. Um, mm-hmm. and I think he's a guy that, you know, with, that can handle velocity and the better the pitching is, I think probably the better he performs. So, um, nothing to be ashamed of from him on his end, but, you know, cause I saw plenty there to, to, to be able to say that he's going to be able to play baseball at the next level for sure. Um, Aiden White, left-handed pitcher from Prosper 2024. Uh, this guy can really pitch. Um, he, he can spin the ball, get, generate some swing and miss with the fastball, um, put up video game numbers this spring and summer. Um, and you can see why real quick. Uh, got a lot of interest from him. Pounded the zone, flashed a good breaking ball. Lefty got some swing and miss on the fastball. And as he continues to mature physically, I mean, he's going to be – He's going to be a guy that's going to be in the conversation for the 55 for us at some point for sure. But I know the coaches at Prosper are really looking forward to him, obviously going along with William Adamora. They're just reloading um, in that program, Yeah. but um, they've got a guy on the mound that's going to be able to give them some quality innings for sure uh, in Aiden White. Um, then the last guy on my ro- roster Patrick Zano, 2025, the last of the three Fort Worth All Saints guys for me. Uh, Patrick's a left-handed pitcher and an outfielder. Man, like, this guy just plays hard. He's a dirtbag. Like, he just gets after it. He's always dirty. Like, sometimes, you know, some guys slide to be safe. Like, he just slides hard. Mm -hmm. He comes in with a purpose, and he's trying to get to that base. And, man, like, he was a guy that – you know, he, he gets on base. He wanted to steal second. He wanted to steal third. And he probably would have stole home too, if he had the opportunity, but man, just really big fan of Patrick's. He hit the ball. Hard. I had him four, one, one down the line from the right side on a ground ball. Wow. Um, yes. So Patrick can really, 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 really run, um, competed on the mound, uh, just threw strikes in there, uh, mixed the fastball and a breaking ball, uh, was, you know, impressive both sides of the ball um and man he is physical and he plays the game hard i was a huge fan of him um he's going to be a name for a lot of people in that 2025 class that you know i I mean he's going to play major d1 baseball and i think he's he's got a chance to really be a, a really good player just with the way you know he's got the athleticism um he's got the strength and he he just plays hard and as long as he never changes that, which I have no reason to think he would, he's going to be a, a big time player for somebody at the D1 level in the future. So that wraps up my team. I guess, again, I'll say it. I was really proud of them. Just the effort, um, the way they didn't let any of bats get away, yeah. the way they competed all weekend. You know, they, they had fun. They played hard. Really not much more I could ask for as a coach of this team this weekend, but impressed with my silver team ended up at three Oh and one on the weekend. And, you know, it was, it, it was just a fun group to coach. And like you said, I mean, it, I, I was able to take something from every single guy on the roster to be able to talk about to, you know, both here and to coaches down the road. So um, again, I'm, I'm impressed with my guys. 
look forward to having some of them again in the future and following them. Um, you know, some of them will be committed and not able to go with us next year, but any of those guys that want to come back and go in the senior team that haven't committed next year, they're going to be welcome back. So, yeah. um, and you know, just had a lot of fun with them this weekend for sure. Yeah. I keep having to remind myself a lot of these guys are only, they're 2024 20, guys, you know, like, yeah. um, cause we had some, some physical and, and, you know, really athletic kids too, but uh, I'm going to go through the blue group here, rapid fire. I'm going to start with the, the Arizona guys that, that helped us out a lot by kind of last minute, you know, filling a couple spots for us. Like I said, you know, we had, we, we were on the right path because we had a lot of guys that we had on here ended up committing in, in August and things like that, which, you know, great for them. I mean, that's, that's obviously something that you should do. Don't, you know, Hey, oh, I'm going to delay my commitment to go play out in Arizona. Uh, selfishly would have been great for us, but, but uh, we had a lot of guys that, uh, that made the, made their commitments there and, and coming out of the summer and things like that. And we had a couple of, you know, unfortunate injuries and last minute deals. So, our Arizona guys, you mentioned Queen Creek. I'll start with Jet Barry, 2026 uh, infielder, super advanced, uh, especially defensively. You know, it's one of the fun things about being at the environment we were playing wise is that we played on grass and we played on grass that played fast. So you got a really good idea of, of who could play defense, um, unlike turf, where it's a lot more true. You're not really getting those tough hops. It's a little bit slower. And Jet made a few really, really um, difficult plays look easy, especially for his age. Uh, I felt bad for him. He, one game he got hit by a pitch twice, uh, like <laughs> once in the triceps and once in the elbows. And uh, the 140 pounds listed is is accurate. So he's he's not got much much weight on those bones right now, but he's going to. Um, he's the younger brother of Jacob Berry, who was just recently the number six overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft after a star season um, at LSU. One time Arizona stand out, transferred to LSU, played for Jay Johnson there to end his career. And uh, Jed is super advanced. He's going to hit. Uh, but I was really impressed with the way he played defense. There's no doubt at all that he is a high, high major D1 prospect that that's probably got um, high major programs already offering him or, or you know, trying to get in there as much as possible. Um, Mason Gamboa, 2025 prospect from Desert Ridge. Guy that's a skilled player that can play all over the place. He caught a little bit for us, played outfield a little bit. I think that he's going to be an infielder in the future. He can run a little bit. Um, he's switch hitting right now, but he said that he primarily hits right and just kind of working on the left. And the left looks good visually, but you can tell from the right side, he's got some real bat speed from that side, uh, especially for a guy that's still a little bit undersized who hasn't quite grown and mature because he's a 2025 prospect. But High level player, skilled player. I think that he's already on the on the radar of a lot of you know Arizona schools and things like that. And I think he's got a chance to continue uh, to make a name for himself there. And definitely going to be a guy that plays D one baseball. Uh, Rodrigo Islas, a left handed pitcher from Brophy College Prep, really helped us out coming and throwing some innings for us last minute. Uh, I loved his tempo. I loved how much he threw strikes. He almost had what I was referring to as the. Arizona fall classic immaculate inning because he almost got five outs with five pitches. Um, <laughs> he got three outs with three pitches and then the next batter took a strike and then made the fourth out. And the next bat was cut along. So um, not a big velocity guy right now, but hitters didn't really see his stuff. Well, kind of like what you were saying earlier, the shape of his fastball gave some guys some problems through strikes with the breaking ball. But um, anytime you got a left-handed pitcher that can throw strikes with multiple pitches and just gets on the mound, like he's, He's getting the sign. He's rocking and rolling. Um, it wasn't bothered at all by the environment being a, uh, you know, being a guy that's a 2024 prospect in that sort of setting. Just threw a lot of strikes and really, really helped us out. 
Um, going to the POs, the pitcher onlys, uh, the chief, Tobin East Chief, uh, you know, rocking the 34 with the long hair like Noah Syndergaard out there. And uh, just a really, really excellent performance. Once he settled in after the first batter, his stuff was really hard to handle. He was up to 90 miles an hour. Um, through a slider and a curveball, you know, two distinct breaking balls um, that he was able to throw for strikes. The slider to me was was a real standout. The curveball got a couple of whiffs as well. Mixing the changeup, some of the lefties executed. You know, for a guy that's you know six six, he he controls his movements on the mound well. Sometimes you get those guys that are really tall and really long. They can struggle a little bit to throw strikes. And you know, after that first batter, he stayed within himself. Started really throwing a lot of strikes. Uh, really strong performance. I think he had seven strikeouts um, in three innings. So he almost struck out the half of the guys he faced in three innings. So he was already on a lot of radars. Um, I, I think that he he jumped onto a few more out in Arizona and opened some eyes. He's going to be a guy that certainly does not lack options uh, moving forward. Jack Brady, a guy I know that we're both excited about from Westlake down in my neck of the woods, right-handed pitcher. Um Six foot two, might even be a tick taller than that. Uh, long arms, skinny. He's he's gonna fill out another guy that threw a lot of strikes. That's one thing I really liked about my team, pitching wise. A lot of strikes from everybody that was yeah. on the mound. Um, he could really spin the baseball. I think the slider was a standout for him. It's sharp pitch and missed bats. He threw a curveball for a strike. Uh, fastball was up to 84 miles an hour. He's going to add more velocity in the future, but just an exciting guy because he just throws a lot of quality strikes with a lot of pitches. And I, I think that he's going to have a, a big role for Westlake this upcoming season, a Westlake team um, that figures to be really, really good in the mix again to make a, make a deep playoff run. Uh, Ray Vasquez, speaking of deep playoff runs, a Friendswood product. Uh, those guys played for a state championship at the five, a level this past year. Uh, a tough at bat for for uh, for hitters. Late separation out of the hands, kind of a lower slot. He's six foot three, so you got kind of a lot of length moving around. Threw a lot of strikes. And guys just did not see the ball well coming out of his hands. Um, the slider missed a lot of bats. The fastball was up to eighty three, but it had some life to it. Uh, physical kid. He's going to throw harder in the future, but you know somebody that the, with the amount of strikes that he throws and just the uncomfortable look that he gives hitters. Uh, that's going to be a guy I think that's going to attract some college attention in the future because that sort of look can profile, you know, out of your bullpen if you want to give uh, opposing lineups something different to look at or things like that because just the deception and delivery and the way the ball comes out of the hands, um, he was a really tough guy for hitters to pick up. And, and a bigger kid that hasn't fully matured yet, I think he's got some more strength to that big frame um, and going to continue to throw strikes there. Uh, a couple other guys that pitched for us. Wyatt Gatlin, who's a two-way guy from Lake Travis, fastball changeup. The changeup was a standout. He's up to 84 miles an hour in his first outing for us. Um, spun a breaking ball occasionally, too, that had some promise with some depth. Um, I, I liked him a lot as a hitter, too. Um, he roped a triple into the right center gap in our first game. Just missed a homer in our last game. Um, takes some quality of bats from the left side. Can play first base as well, so... Uh, a true two-way talent. Um, I think that he's going to be a guy that figures into the mix both ways at Lake Travis, you know, like, like friends with like Westlake, like the, a lot of these programs we've talked about, they're super loaded. So they don't lack options, but I think that's going to be a guy that forces his way um, into some innings on the mound and also can swing the bat. They've got, they've got some well. bats. <laughs> yes. Their, their middle of the lineup is terrifying. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, with 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 big Cole Johnson in there and mixing a Wyatt Gatlin as well, they've got some thump. Um, they've certainly got that some thump in the lineup uh, for sure there. Jacob, uh, Jake Farish pitched some innings for us as well. Uh, primarily a catcher, though. Um, he caught a few guys. Stealing. I think he caught three guys stealing, maybe three out of three or three out of four. Um, did a good job there. Quick transfer, accurate arm. Picked up a couple of hard singles as well. Um, six foot, 182. Um, I think he's still going to fill out. I think he's still got a little bit of room to keep growing. Uh, got on the mound at up to 83 miles an hour, three strikes, uh, kind of manipulated the shape of his breaking ball. Uh, I think that's a guy that's going to throw a lot of strikes for his high school team the upcoming uh, next two seasons he plays with them. But I think catching's probably in his future. Um, just the way he swung the bat, the way he moved back there, um, he's going to have an opportunity to, to keep playing in the future. And sticking with the catchers, another friends with guy, Aiden Piercy, uh, hit a bomb the first game, uh, wood bat bomb Crushed out it. there. And uh, um, you've got to get into one to hit it out there. You know, Jacob Berry was in our dugout. It's like, man, I, even I've never hit one out here as many games as I played at this complex. So Aiden got into one and that was the theme for him. He put the barrel on the ball a lot, had a couple really deep sacrifice flies to center field, uh, picked up a couple of hits later on. Um, like Jake Farish, he caught a couple guys stealing as well. We got a good video clip that we posted online from our last game, a fastball went up and in um, and Aiden was still able to catch it, throw an accurate throw down to second base and catch a runner stealing there. So he's in one of those guys that you you know where he is. He's got a very, very infectious energy. He's always talking the game. He's always thinking the game. Um, he's being the guy I believe that's been starting at Friendswood since he was a sophomore. And we know what kind of accomplishment that is, given how talented and how good that program is. You know, with Dylan Maxey moving on to Texas Tech, who is a really, really high-level catcher, Aiden's going to slide in there and catch for those guys, but he can play some third base. Uh, but the bat really stood out. Um, really, really strong all-around weekend for him. A guy that was a joy to be around. Um, you know, after he hit his homer, he's over there having a Red Bull in the dugout. You know, we we're kind of <laughs> joking that, you know, he gave the baseball some wings after he had some Red Bull with the way he was swinging the bat out there. So uh, a, a fun guy to have around the program for sure. And speaking of that, um, Gus Kane from Buda Johnson, another guy that was just a blast to be around, took some really good at bats. I thought he saw the ball really, really well, probably as well as anybody on our roster, just the way he tracked pitches, the way he took pitches. You know, when he swung, he let it go. He was swinging at good pitches. He was swinging at strikes. He could try to drive, um, played a really solid first base. Another guy that's always talking the game. You know, he was, he was talking everywhere. He's a very talkative guy, but when he was on the field, you know, he was captaining the infield, you know, Hey, you know, when the ball was in play, he was telling guys, Hey, go to third. Hey, go to home. Hey, hit the cutoff. Hey, I've, you know, you've got room talking to his catcher and the ball behind home plate and things like that. So a very, very talkative guy kind of emerged as one of our team leaders, just a guy that a lot of people wanted to be around. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a big season of beauty Johnson as he continues to get stronger, add some bat speed, add some hand speed. He threw a lot of strikes on the mound. Um, I think that's the next step for him as his growth as a baseball player. But uh, solid work at first base defensively, threw some strikes on the mound, and, and really saw the ball well in the batter's box. Uh, Stone Gomez is the guy I was really excited about because we saw him in the summer. Got my attention from Westlaco. Uh, definitely a true two-way talent. He had one of the best plays, probably the defensive play for us um, during our time in Arizona. Uh, ranged up the middle, one of those spin cycle moves at shortstop, spun, fired across the diamond, no problem to get it out there. You know, I know you and I were talking before that game, like, hey, I want to see this guy play some shortstop. I think he can play shortstop. 
because uh, he played some second. He played some third. He made a play the day earlier on a do or die slow roller. That was really good play at third. Then he went out shortstop and did his thing there. Uh, soft, good defensive hands, good actions. Um, you know, if you go find that video of him making that play up the middle, um, watch too how he short hops the throw coming from first base, throwing it around the horn there and then flicks it with his glove to the second baseman. Just he can handle the baseball really well. And then he got on the mound. He was up to 87 miles an hour on the mound. A lot of strikes, had some natural arm side live to the fastball. Uh, the curveball was about 67 to 70 miles an hour. Swing and miss weapon was sharp, had some um, had some depth, had some late bite to it. And uh, for a guy that's still pretty new to pitching, uh, just he had that infielder athleticism on the mound that allowed him to throw strikes. Uh, really exciting prospect. Uh, a definite D1 guy in my mind. I think that's a guy that, you know, I, I fired his name off to a couple coaches like, hey, this – this guy defensively, he can play all over the place, um, including shortstop. He's got some bat speed. Um, he had a really, really hard single in our first game there. So uh, certainly a really, really exciting prospect that, that performed well out in Arizona. Um, and then uh, Jackson Todd uh, rounding out the infielders, a switch hitter from Conroe, physical, got some raw power. When he really connects with the baseball, it jumps um off the bat um, made a lot of contact and though he was a little bit frustrated some of his swings from the left side he was just missing pitches uh just kind of getting on top of balls a little bit too more but made a lot of contact um showed a strong arm in the infield he's a guy that can play um all over the place uh, an all district guy top performer at conroe this past season um but but once once he kind of keeps fine-tuning that switching ability and gets into that power a little more uh he can really make the ball jump off the bat and that was joke with my outfielders. It was like the no fly zone with these guys. Um, Ryder Rutledge, Jackson Priest, and Braden Ros- Rocket Rosquez. How do you pronounce that? Rosquez is Rosquez. I've been pronouncing it. Yeah, Braden, sorry, Braden. I should have asked you when, when we were out there, but um, all three of these guys can play center. All three of them, I think, are future average to above average at least center fielders and all three of them can yeah. run um Braden at one point was 4.21 down the line from the right side and that's at six foot he might be maybe six one uh he's 165 lean muscular guy uh can really run track the baseball well his bat really came alive as the event went on uh first game was a little bit slow but by that second game he was timing fastballs he was hitting the ball hard he was stealing bases uh, showed a nice outfield arm as well. Really exciting prospect from Argyle that uh, that has some tools. Ryder Rutledge, uh, another guy that was in the four twos down the line. He can fly. I, I think he said that he's either he's like a 6-4-60 guy, and it shows. Uh, he can really, really run. 6'2", 195, great-looking kid. Made a lot of hard contact consistently. Wasn't a lot of swing and miss in the swing from the right side. Uh, another guy to me that is a definite D1 prospect um, because he's got some really good all-around tools, can play in the outfield, can hit, can run. He's got some arm strength as well. Uh, and then Jackson Priest, a guy I saw during the high school season at Cy Ranch. You know, if you're starting as a sophomore at Cy Ranch, it's usually a pretty strong indication that, that you're a good player. And he played a lot of center field for us, tracked the ball exceptionally well. Playing center field came naturally <clears> to him. Good reads off the bat, covered a lot of ground. And he's another one, as the event went on, his, his bat came alive. He had a couple of doubles. He had a double each in the third game and the fourth game, swinging it from the left side, can run a little bit. Another guy that was fun to be around. But um, those outfielders, just the ground they covered, 
strong defensive outfielders. You know, whenever we just rotated those guys around, um, you know, anytime a fly ball was out there. I mean, I think we only had two balls dropped in the outfield all weekend. And one of those Jackson dough for in right field and it tipped off his glove. He almost made a really, really good play there. So uh, our pitchers certainly enjoyed having those guys in the outfield uh, tracking the ground out, out there, but that's the blue team, a, a really fun group to be around pitchers through a lot of quality strikes. Um, catchers were, were good and solid back there controlling the running game, talking up the game. Uh, we had some loud moments of the plate as well. And definitely a lot of athleticism and a lot of defensive ability um, in the outfield, but uh, and if any coach is listening and you're like, hey, man, I wasn't out there, but I, I'm, I'm interested in some of these guys. I want to learn more about these guys. Uh, please, please feel free to, to reach out and Drew and I. Um, you know, that's one thing we're telling these kids afterward. Like, we know the recruiting process can be – it can be a little daunting. It can be a little – you can have some anxiety with it. You know, it's, it's not as straightforward as football and basketball and things like that. And, um, you know, these guys have got some 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 fans in us for life in terms of trying to help them with their baseball journey and things like that. But if any coaches are listening, please feel free to reach out because it's uh, I think, you know, one of the things about coaching and being around a team is after four games, you really know who these guys are, you, yeah. you know, not just as players, but as 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 kids, as as, uh, you know, young men that are kind of growing into the game and you know, and experiencing the back end of their high school career and things like that, you get a great feel for how they can play, how they compete, what their personality is. And, uh, um, you know, hats off to you for really, you know, putting in so much work, you know, getting these rosters and getting everything ready and organized going out there because it went so smoothly. And I think the kids really, really enjoyed it. And it was two really good rosters. Um, yeah. You know, I think sometimes people might see, oh, academic. They're just guys that are really good students that play baseball. No, there's there are a lot of D1 prospects on these rosters. Well, and I, I think it, a lot of these guys are going to keep playing moving forward. Yeah. And a couple – we played a couple of academic designated teams and crushed them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, it was it, – it, it really was a good group. It was loaded. I mean, you you could combine those two teams and make a really, really good team. Absolutely. Um, between the two of them. And I, I mean, I felt like we had two, two really good teams, mm -hmm. uh, but if you combine that, I mean, you have a team that can compete against just about anybody. So yeah. Um, yeah. It was fun putting together the roster. Um, you know, we tried to keep the numbers down just to make sure guys uh, got as many at bats as possible, you know, either, got at least three innings on the mound. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, you know, I, hats off to those guys. They really showed up and did well and, you know, really appreciative of the parents to make the effort. You know, I, the thing for us is, you know, it's hardly any of this stuff is cheap anymore. Yeah. Um, so we understand the the sacrifice financially um, to, to take part in this opportunity. I mean, we tried to keep the costs as low as we could uh, for our guys and, you know, a big thing for us is just, you know, we're committed to helping down the road in any way possible with these yeah. guys. So um, really hope they felt like they got some value out of it on the weekend. But I, I was just so pleased to see how how well the kids got along and how they yeah. gelled together really quickly and seemed to really enjoy playing with each other and um, maybe have some new teammates down the road. So uh, I thought that was, you know, one of the most uh, rewarding parts about it um, felt like, we got a lot of interest from the college side, um, even from the schools that didn't show up. They were definitely kind of following along and wanting information about our guys. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, really, really positive from my side of things. Um, again, really appreciate 
the parents that put their trust in us to uh, go out there for the weekend. And, um, you know, during school, obviously it's not just driving down the street for most of the kids on our, on our team. So uh, really appreciate this group. Um, you know, I couldn't have been, I, I, there was not anybody that didn't belong out there. Yeah. And that was, that stood out to me and um, just really thankful for the kids and the effort they put forth and, and, and how much I felt like they fit together as a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a blast to be out there. And uh, um, you know, you'd probably, if if not for weddings this upcoming weekend, you know, we'd have the itch to be out there with, with the senior group um as the senior yeah, class both have weddings yeah we both had a help you know what are the odds of that um uh, but uh having the itch to go out there at the senior group so um yeah well do we do we talk about the football weekend or do we, do we talk uh, about parts of the football weekend or i think i think we probably should focus a little bit more on the phoenix food scene um, that's right that's right um we, we you you stumbled across a hidden gem on the on the coffee side of things. Yeah, you know I've never had Dutch Bros before, and I'd heard people talk about it, and I, I just I I didn't know anything about it because I don't I don't think there is one in Austin. Um, I don't think it's very prevalent down down here. I looked up online; it started in Oregon, so I, I imagine it's probably a little bit more of a of a West Coast thing. But I was like, you know, because I always try to try places that I've never had or that are local places or just aren't Starbucks. I'm just not a big Starbucks. So I'll have it. Um, But I'm just, you know, I'm not I'm not whipped creaming and pumpkin and everything up or things like that. So when I saw Dutch Bros on there, I was like, okay, I want to try this out. And Dustin, I have exciting news for you. What what news? There are multiple Dutch Bros in the Austin area. Are there really? So, what's the closest one to me? I want to say uh, I drove there's one on Parmer. There's point. there's one on Parmer. Okay, that's pretty close to me. Um, there's a couple on on 35. Okay. Um, where's the one what, on Parmer? Parmer, the one on Parmer is. Let's see. Keep talking. I'll find it. Um. So I I just you know. I was like, okay, I'll try Dutch Bros. And I, if if you don't know me from a coffee standpoint, it's usually just cold brew, not the nitro, cold brew and half and half. That's just usually what I do. So that's what I went with at Dutch Bros. And I like immediately moved him up to the Pantheon, the top tier of cold brew. Like it was so good. And even too, like it was so good that I didn't necessarily need half and half. I could just drink it straight because that's how good the flavor was. It had this little, not a sugary sweetness, but kind of like a little hint of of just like light sweetness um, to the cold brew. And I was like, this is phenomenal. So it was like every day I've got to have at least one. Um, and, And shout out to you, like, I, I'm not I'm not the early riser you and Coach Brew are. So, you know, I say that I was up, you know, in time for everything. And, you know, some morning there is a Dutch Bros in the fridge already. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. Um, but I was I was really just felt fall in love with with Dutch Bros cold brew. Like it is yeah. it is up there. Like, I don't know if I've had many that are better than that. Yeah, well, I guess the cup one of two meals uh, that we spent um this weekend we're at the the place with the sign that just says tacos yes 
Because if you're if that's all your advertisement is, you've got to be good. Like if it's right. just tacos, like and, and we're not talking about a neon sign. It's just like a like what a plastic sign with tacos written across. That's all that was on there. Yeah, and uh, it delivered. The we we went once for breakfast and once for lunch, and it was outstanding. Yes, uh, nothing nothing too fancy, just simple. And but man, it was good. It was good. Um, and then hungry Howie's for the pizza with the garlic parmesan crust. Uh huh. Never never fails. Uh, never ceases to deliver. Literally. So, um, but yeah, so felt like we ate, ate pretty well overall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm glad we, we definitely, um, I'm glad we went to the taco place because it just, it's, a, it's one of those places. Like if you, if you understand the types of places that have good tacos, you just look at it and you're like, yeah, this has got, this has got some yeah. potential. Like it's no yeah. frills. Like they're just, you know, the menus are kind of just up there and they've got some, a dry erase board with some stuff on there. And it's a very, very simple operation, but um, it was really, really good. Both the breakfast um, and the lunch as well. So yeah, we did well. We did well. We picked well too. You know, our, our, our Airbnb was, was in a great location. So shout out to coach brew for that. But um, yeah, successful baseball weekend and successful food weekend as well. And I didn't, I didn't come home thinking like I just gained 30 pounds, you know? Yeah. I guess yeah. we kind of sweated out being out there when it was 106, uh, we weren't, weren't playing, um, at the crack of dawn. So yeah, now you've got me. Yeah. This Palmer one, I, it's like about five miles from me. So, uh, oh, and they're open at 5 AM. Okay. You know? Okay. So if I'm ever up super early on the road, making a Melissa trip, that, that could be an option for me. Because my my uh, places near me don't open till seven, which is bizarre for a coffee shop, but um, is what it is. So yeah, very very successful food. I'm glad you reminded me because I would have totally forgot uh, to mention that, even though it was all really really good. Yeah. Um, so it helped it helped um, the Dutch Bros helped stomach uh, the the Steelers, which were miserable on Thursday night. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for, uh, unfortunately for us, we saw the end of the Texas game. Not the part oh. where they're up 30 to 14, um, which I guess is, it, well, I mean, I feel like we would have been watching that like, okay, we know it what's wasn't, coming here. It, it wasn't that much. They were never up that much. Was it? Well, they were up 14 at one point, weren't yeah. they? 31, 17? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they were definitely, they were definitely, what were our picks last week? How much did you uh, have them you, winning by? You, you were close on the actual score, just the wrong Wrong teams. teams. Yeah. Yeah. I had 41 23. You had 38 33. Okay. So I was close. Just had the wrong team. Yeah. Just had the wrong. But I had them. So I had the right team covering, you know. Yeah. Win, winners cover. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, Great team. You had a much better NFL weekend than I did. Um, I did. I, I had a good Florida State. No, they're kind of. They're they're starting to to reel me back in. You know, it's like the the Godfather three gif that's always on. Like just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. You know, it's oh, yeah. like they're starting to suck me into like, okay, you are, you they are, might they might have something here. They might have you, something here. You were definitely into that game over there on the corner. Uh, well, it's, the corner it was the first. It was night. the first. Yeah. So they've got better games on on the television i'm over there on my laptop with the florida state um boston college game which was never close i mean florida state opened returned the opening to get kickoff for a touchdown and from the first sellout they've had in when they expanded to eighty thousand since i think 2018 
So it, I was into it because they've had – they haven't, like, really come out and just blown out a bad team like they should. Gosh, probably since Jimbo's last year or maybe his second to last year. Like, they haven't really had many games like that. Like, when you lose that from the team you watch, you take it for granted how enjoyable it was. You could just turn – like show up or turn on the TV. It's like, oh, we're favored by 17. Yeah, we're, we're killing these guys. This is never going to be close. Um, so it, it was, it's, it's exciting. Mike Norvell's got it working there, but we'll see. This week is super tricky because of the hurricane, yeah, which is a, just a monster that crashed into the, the coast of Florida down there. And uh, Wake Forest is supposed to play Florida State at Florida State. You know, where Tallahassee is basically Georgia for the most part. But um, you know, how that messes with weather, I don't know. And obviously we hope everybody with the hurricane and stuff like that um is okay because it's 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 a bad one hitting that coast. Um, but they've got Wake Forest coming up, they've got NC State coming up, they've got Clemson coming up, they've got this run Ooh, of ranked teams. We'll see if so they're we'll, real. We'll find out if they're real or not. Um, but uh yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And uh we'll see if the Longhorns bounce back this weekend. I have full confidence um that they will. But the Big 12, man, it's just shaping up to be a lot of good teams and anybody can can beat anybody. And especially now that Kansas is definitely not not the Kansas of old. Like they're it's a legitimately solid football team. You know, with Kansas State going OU, beating OU and and everything else going on, you know, Baylor and Iowa State playing each other close and Baylor went in there. So all right, score. Longhorn score. Uh I'm not even gonna look at the spread. It's nine and a half. <clears throat> That's it for home. Oh, I think they'll cover that. I think it'll be. I think it'll be thirty-four to twenty-three. Wow, I was gonna say thirty-four twenty-four, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it a little bit. I'm gonna go with thirty-one, thirty-one twenty. Texas. Okay, so we we both got them covering. Yeah, this yeah. thing coming off that loss, coming back to home, like I, I think they'll. Well, play. we still we still don't know if if Quinn is going to be back. So yeah, that, I think regardless of who plays quarterback, if he's back, you know maybe maybe I'd give him a I'd bump him a point or two, but um, I just think they're they're I don't think West Virginia is very good, um, you know, and I think coming off that way that Tech game happened, I think they'll try to make a statement. So um, let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope so because they us, lose. I I think uh, the first Sark seat might feel like that, like Arizona at about one p.m. Oof. Well, I mean, I think the as bad as Texas losing is, I think everything that comes after it might be worse um, until the next game. So the crazy crazy comes out and people perspective oh, yeah. is lost. The whole country likes to clown which a lot of times is deserved. Um, but, man, I think I think that that uh, 48, 72 hours after the game might actually be worse than the game when they lose. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But, and you, you, you know that all too well, working, working the message oh, boards. Oh, yeah. So. The, the message boards aren't fun. And, yeah. heck, they're not fun in the first quarter, you know. And then you get to a <laughs> loss. It's like, woo. People start to kind of turn the page by Wednesday, but it 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 takes it takes like because football it's like every single game is like a 
referendum on End whether the world. head coach head coach is going to be successful or not. Like that's yeah. what it turns into when you're where Texas is and you keep trying to get over the hump year after year after year after year. Oh, yeah. is, is is that's you know that's what it turns into. Which uh, yeah. yeah, it can suck the life out of you if you if you're not carrying consume yourself with that with that stuff too much. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, see what happens with Cowboys and Cooper, Cooper Rush. Big win for those guys. Um, I was, I was kind of crossing my fingers. You'd have a Michael Urban rant today, but, um, his might be sponsored by some illegal drugs to provide some of his energy. So, uh, we, we know, we, we know you stay away from the, from the Michael Urban scene there, but, uh, well, that wraps it up for us before we go off the rails here. Thanks for tuning in episode 84 of the five tool podcast. Uh, follow us at five tool pod on Twitter and Instagram, follow all of our five tool coverage on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and uh, all of our team GPA coverage um, is uh, Five Tool GPA on Twitter. Go check out those guys. We've got a lot of great videos and a lot of great stuff um, from those four games up in Arizona. And uh, like we said, if you're a coach listening, you want to know more about these guys, please feel free to reach out to Drew and I. would be happy to give you a full breakdown, contact information, grades, you know, whatever you need. Um, to help these guys get a little bit more exposure because, as we said, uh, a lot of really strong performances and everybody definitely belonged um, on these teams competing in that event. But um, thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great week. Until we talk to you all next time, take care.